I have a lady that I'm taking care of, 69 years old. She has a history of high blood pressure, COPD, high cholesterol. She had an abnormal mammogram back in March. It showed she ended up getting excisional biopsy. It revealed a high-grade DCIS. There was some foci of microinvasion. She was ER positive, 80%, PR 30%. And for some reason, HER2 was sent on it, and it was 3+. plus. Chi-67 was also sent, and it was 60%. She underwent a lumpectomy and sent a lymph node biopsy. The path revealed a 1.5-centimeter foci of DCIS, but it also revealed a 0.5-centimeter focus of invasive tumor. Um, the margins were negative for the DCIS, and so she underwent another excision, and then that margin was also negative, so then she underwent a mastectomy. She had four lymph nodes that were removed. They were all negative. She was told by her surgeon that she would just need hormonal therapy, and then she came to see me. We talked to the pathologist and asked them if they would restain the invasive component. And the invasive component came back ER negative, PR negative, and HER2, 3 plus. And then we sent it for fish and it was fish positive with a KI-67 of 10%. So she's a T1A, N0, MX woman that's ERPR negative, HER2 positive, but then also with DCIS that's a different morphology with ERPR and HER2 positive. And so the question was what to do at this point. Plugging into her numbers by adjuvant online, which doesn't completely apply because she's HER2 positive. Also, her tumor is 0.5 centimeters, so it's in the range of 0.1 to 1. But by adjuvant online, there was a 17% relapse rate. So let's talk about what to do with this lady at this point. Hi. So Mike Press has got one set of data on. The issue is, is HER2 status a very accurate prognostic indicator in patients with these small tumors? That's the question. And I think the compelling data to date is actually no, it's not. Even though the perception is it is. And the best study is actually done by Mark Pegram and a bunch of people on a very large sample size. And when they looked at HER2 positive, and I think Mark's lab did it and Denny Slayman, they couldn't show it was a prognostic factor in these small tumors. So I'm not sure how bad it is. And I'm also a little wary of adjuvant online data in these very small tumors First of all, that recurrence number implies ipsilateral and contralateral breast cancer. And that's probably a third of the recurrence data in node-negative patients in adjuvant online. Because when you went to the mortality screen, it probably was like 2 to 3%, you know, and these numbers dropped down. So I'm not sure just how accurate it is in these very small tumors. I think it's highly accurate in larger tumors, which have been verified in Vancouver when they went to the Vancouver Cancer Registry. But these very small tumors, I'm still uncertain. The grade was high grade in this half centimeter. I think this is where it iffy. My gut feeling is probably not to treat most of these patients at around 70 years old with chemotherapy. First of all, the proportional value of chemo in the overview when you look in the numbers, is about 10 to 20%. It's not like you get the bang for the buck in the premenopausal patient. And the vast majority of these patients, whether in SEER registries or in other registries with these small tumors, do well. So my gut feeling here would be probably not to treat a lot of these patients. And likewise, the DCIS, you've done mastectomy, So I don't know how excited I would be about putting her on tamoxifen for prevention of contralateral breast cancer, which is another issue here. Would you consider an AI, incidentally, considering her HER2 status? 
I probably wouldn't with the DCIS. First, it may not be appreciated, but HER2 positivity is much more common in DCIS. It's seen in about maybe 40% of patients for reasons that are unclear. So I would probably take a conservative approach here with the value of chemo. I get the data. I present the numbers to the patients, but I kind of look at the mortality data here as maybe a bigger player when you're around 70. She does, if she's a healthy woman, have a good lifespan. It's probably around 15 more years. But the added value of chemotherapy here, my gut feeling, is very, very small. Can I ask a question about her ejection fraction? Have you oh, looked at that? Oh, and that was normal. It was 55%. So just to be clear, though, hi, you'd think about chemo but not trastuzumab? I think doing trastuzumab alone, it's not a crazy idea. And we had a big panel that people have, quote, occasionally done this on occasion, but I probably wouldn't do it as a single agent. And what about chemo? Well, to me, it's iffy. I think the added value in this very small tumor, I think we're scared by this phenotype, but half-centimeter tumors, if you look at big, huge data sets, the recurrence rates are very low. And people have tried to tease out, like receptors and things in small tumors, they're a series There's a series from University of Chicago. I know Sam Hellman's one of the authors. There's Dr. Rosen's series from Memorial. And boy, they're not very helpful here. And the vast majority of the patients do well. Now, if the patient, you showed him the adjuvant online and said, really, I want to do chemo, that 2%, 3% to me is very important, I would treat the patient. And you wouldn't add in Herceptin? I probably wouldn't add Herceptin in the small tumor. I think in the adjuvant online, there's a great section in it. It's not the calculations. It's like... The database that Peter uses to calculate all the, yeah, the help benefits, forms. the help. And in there, there are some slides using proportional benefits of trastuzumab in chemo. Now, if you look at the published trials, you know, the big node positive trials, the intergroup, the proportional reduction in relapse in those trials was 50% added to the chemotherapy. So if you have a 20% reduction proportional reduction in relapse due to chemotherapy. And now the trastuzumab would further lower that reduction by 50%. It's 50% of 20% plus the 20%. It's 30%. You could actually put those numbers in adjuvant online. You can change the proportional reduction screen. And that's not making it up. In fact, that's probably a little generous mathematically. So if you put in whatever the proportional reduction is for chemo alone, and then you multiply that by 0.5 and then add it on, that's the proportional reduction of 50%, like in the inner group in the HERA trial. Those numbers are very small. I think Peter actually is in the process of adding. He has a new model that's going to put it actually in there. And so you may be surprised. It's not like a slam dunk. You're going to lower her risk of relapse from 17% to 2%. It's just not going to happen. Sandy, what would you recommend to this patient? I think I have several points. One, I agree with High that probably the prognosis is not as bleak as we think it is with just a HER2-positive tumor. However, she does have a grade 3 tumor. It's ERPR negative, so she has at least three poor prognostic factors. It is 5 millimeters, which is small, but I think her risk is fairly substantial. 17% may be about right, or it may even be a little bit more than that. I would probably treat her with chemotherapy and Herceptin, actually. I would be aggressive because of those risk factors. I would choose a non-anthracycline-containing regimen because of what you said at the beginning, because she has hypertension, high cholesterol. sounds like she's a setup COPD for having some kind of cardiac event. She has a low-range 
LVEF, and if you look at the NSABP data, those patients that were older that had the lower LVEF normal were the large majority of the patients who develop heart failure on the AC followed by paclitaxel for NSABP B31. So I would probably treat her with TCH, which would be, you could do anything pretty much, taxotere, carboplatin, taxotere, cytoxin with the Jones regimen, even though that hasn't really been tested. I think they're going to look at it in trial. But I would treat her with that and with her septin. Before I did that, obviously, what Hi said and you said would discuss with the patient the potential benefit, which may be in her case a 5% decrease in relapse or so, or even a little bit more, and the potential cardiac toxicity, which may be if you use non-anthracycline containing regimen, 1% to 2%, or even lower with those regimens. Of course, you can also have LVEF drops that don't result in heart failure, so she could even be at more risk for having heart problems, so I would monitor monitor that very closely. So I would be aggressive in her. And I did mention the overview showing about a 10 to 20% proportional reduction for postmenopausal women, but that was with all comers. And as we've said before, about 80% of the patients have ER positive disease, not ER negative. So I think the proportional reduction may even be better. And it has been shown to be better in the trials that just look at the ER PR negative patients. So I would treat this patient. And then the next point I wanted to make is if the patient only had DCIS, the NSABP has been very interested in looking at the next generation of treatments for DCIS and is planning to start, has written the protocol, and in fact, I have it in my briefcase to review, using IV Herceptin for two doses after the lumpectomy with radiation because there's data showing synergy with radiation in DCIS. So the patients will be randomized to IV Herceptin with hormonal therapy if the tumor's ER positive versus no hormonal therapy. So I think that that's a really exciting protocol and will get started sometime soon. Would you use hormonal therapy for her ER-positive DCIS? No, I would not because that's been removed and her invasive disease was ERPR negative, so I totally agree with High about that. Hi, okay, so this patient is 70, hypertension, COPD. I agree with you. But change it. She's 50 years old and she's healthy. What are you going to suggest well, then? I think 50 is a lot different than 69. There's probably a quarter of a percent risk of AML, MDS with all the chemotherapy regimen, certainly the anthracycline regimen is a quarter. And actually, in the dose-dense regimen, that number is now 0.7%. You know, and Dr. Huddis, that's AMLMDS, so that's not going to be survivable for most of the patients. When you do the adjuvant online and you get these very small benefits, they're not calculating in the potential toxicities, even though the program does calculate in the morbidity. So that will change the adjuvant online numbers. So in a 50, I would probably give the benefit of the doubt and treat it. But there's a difference when you're around 70 here. So that's an excellent point. What if that same case was ER positive? Right. You'd feel the same way? If it was ER positive, I'd use endocrine therapy, and I you definitely wouldn't use chemotherapy. Sandy, now. she's ERPR positive. Would you still use chemo and trastuzumab? I probably would, actually, based on the data I talked about earlier, the anastrozole plus or minus receptin. Those curves went really down. Those patients didn't do very well. This concludes our program. Special thanks to our speakers and to our practicing oncologist panel, and thank you for listening. This is Dr. Neil Love for Meet the Professors.